Welcome to the Wild Remedies Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Francoeur, and I'm here to bring you captivating stories from some of the most fascinating people I've connected with on my own journey of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wild Remedies Podcast. Today's episode is so cool. It's so cool. I think this is probably my favorite so far. We've had some really great episodes, but this one is absolutely amazing. Listen to it. Send it to everybody. I swear to God, this is the health revolution that the world needs. Today, I'm talking to Lisa Strabak, and we're chatting about homeopathy. So (laughs) you guys have been following along. And if you have been, you've heard me talk about these remedies and things that I've been using, working with Dr. Kevin Preston, who was on our show a few episodes back. He's coming back on in a couple of weeks as well. It's been a really interesting journey. I have a few other people um, in my community that I've also (laughs) made go work with Kevin as well. Um, And so we're all kind of in this healing process with him. And so many interesting things are coming up for us right now. And I'm so excited about it. It's, It's healing on a level that like I... I didn't even think was possible. And so what Lisa and I are chatting about today is what homeopathy is, why it's important. And we're talking about energetic medicine here, right? So that's what homeopathy is. I'm going to let her explain all of that in the episode. But basically, you're going to learn about what it is, why it's important, why we're seeing so many chronic health conditions these days, what those are caused by how we can start integrating homeopathy at home, which is really cool. So one of the things that Lisa talks about is like the reason that we have so much chronic health issues these days is because of how we've been treating ourselves in the past, right? So like we're suppressing symptoms by taking antibiotics and all of this stuff, which if you've been following my journey, I talk about all the time. This is so cool, actually, if I can just say this right now. It's like I am unraveling the mysteries of my illnesses through this process of not only just the different health practitioners and stuff that I've been working with, but through this podcast too, which is really cool. So this is all part of my healing journey. And I just want to thank everybody who's listening right now who has been following along (laughs) on my journey as well, because it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's such an incredible process. And to be able to like go through this and share it with other people and hopefully y'all are getting insights into your own health and going along on the journey with me, because I know so many people are suffering and yeah, it just feels really cool to be going through this process and talking to so many amazing people that are able to give us this wisdom to help us level up and move past, you know, the systems that have been keeping us sick for so long, right? So, okay, I just rambled a bunch there. I always ramble during my intros. I'm sorry, but it's, yeah, I just had to, had to get that out. But let me talk a little bit more about Lisa. Um, she is a certified homeopath 
and her journey towards holistic health started after witnessing the power of homeopathy to heal her young daughter's chronic autoimmune condition. Super cool. So like myself, I I was totally a skeptic (laughs) when it came to homeopathy initially, because like if you look it up online, it's going to say, oh, it's bullshit. It's just, you know, pseudoscience, all of this stuff. She was in the same boat. But again, like myself, she had exhausted all conventional approaches and she went to a homeopath to help treat her daughter and saw miraculous results. And so she was completely awestruck had to learn more. And then she studied for four years, um, did clinical practice to obtain her license from the UK's largest accredited college, the Center for Homeopathic Education, and left her corporate career to start healing people. (laughs) So her passion is to empower people to take responsibility for their own health, something that I talk about all the time, um, with the understanding that true health comes from within. And her work has evolved to teaching individuals on how to use homeopathy at home. Um, So I talk about this cool kit that I just recently purchased. We have a link for it in the bio that you can check out afterwards. So you can start using this stuff at home um, yourself. And yeah, homeopathy is amazing. There's nothing quite like it out there. And I honestly, you know, Lisa and I both think that this is the medicine of the future and energy medicine, right? Like we are really starting to see this on all fronts now where science and spirituality are merging and energy medicine, I think is the way forward, folks. It's pretty cool. So keep an open mind because some of this stuff is, is, is pretty trippy, right? Like this is, we're talking about things that we've, would have been described as like witchcraft or magic or just like crazy shit in the past. I mean, it's amazing that we can have open conversations <laughs> about this now. So much has changed. Um, but yeah, keep an open mind and just try it for yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, once you get results, it's like, okay, there's really something here. All right. And Grant. Let's jump into this incredible interview with Lisa and make sure or make sure you share this episode with someone else that you think is it's going to help as well because it's incredibly powerful. Hi, I'm Maddie. Let me tell you a quick story of how I'm supporting my PCOS with Wild Remedies Spice Chocolate Magic Latte. First of all, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist, so you know I'm investing in finding long-term, sustainable approaches to wellness. Living with PCOS, when things are feeling a little out of balance, it's common for me to wake up groggy, have blood sugar crashes throughout the day, or become totally overwhelmed by daily stressors. My morning coffee was causing blood sugar spikes, anxiety, and tummy trouble, so I swapped it for Wild Remedies Spiced Chocolate Magic Latte about a year ago, and believe me when I tell you that the change has been insane. Each sachet has three servings of Wild Siberian Chaga, a powerful antioxidant-rich adaptogenic mushroom that helps to fight inflammation and fatigue and regulate the immune system. It tastes like a creamy hot chocolate with just a hint of spice, and it keeps my stomach calm. Since swapping, I feel more clarity and calm throughout the day, and my morning magic latte helps to set clear intentions for the rest of my day. I save 15% on my monthly subscription at wildremediesshop.com and at $2.50 per serving, it's saving me a ton on Starbucks runs and supplement orders. 
Check out the links and promos in the show notes to get your own. Your adrenals will thank you. Welcome, Lisa, to the Wild Remedies podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm very well. I'm really excited to be on. Thank you for having me. Nothing I love more than talking about homeopathy and sharing the knowledge the world needs it right now. So yeah, really happy to be on. Thank you. Absolutely. I was just saying before we started recording that I have so many questions for you. <laughs> so I'm brilliant. I have just kind of started on the homeopathy journey myself. And I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast before. So any listeners that uh, listen to the show religiously will probably have heard this. But my very first experience with homeopathy was probably about a decade ago. And I was, I had stopped a antidepressant that I had been on for a while and I was getting some really gnarly symptoms, right? So Mm. like the brain zaps and feeling dizzy and nauseous and all of those things. And, but I was like, I need to get off this stuff. So I'm just going to kind of write it out. I decided to go to the health food store because I was like, well, I don't really know where else to turn. And I went to the health food store and I was like, I don't know, like I'm really dizzy. I'm having all these symptoms. I'm not sure what to take. And um, one of the people working there recommended this homeopathy remedy. I think it was called Vertigo Heal. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, like I was a huge skeptic. Um, I still kind of am in some senses. Like I, I find all of this stuff really fascinating, but it's it's such a different way of what we're normally exposed to, especially in the West here when it comes to medicine. So I'm excited to unpack some of that stuff with you today. But I had such a crazy experience with this because like it it wasn't the placebo effect because I was like, well, this is bullshit, but I'm just gonna buy it because I don't really know what else to do. I took one of those pills and the symptoms were gone and never came back. So I was like, what, what, what? And I mean, again, this was like 10 years ago. I was in my twenties and I was like, okay, cool. Well, that was great. And then never really thought about it again and never reached for homeopathy again, even though I've had like this very long healing journey that I've been on. So recently I have been working with a practitioner here who has also been on the podcast. He's coming on again so we can talk more about this process and how he diagnoses. He uses like bioresonance and all of these things. And he's had me on remedies um, for the past three or four months now. And it's been really interesting because like for the first two weeks of every remedy that he gives me, it's like all of these old symptoms start flaring up. And... I'm like, okay, well, it's doing stuff, right? (laughs) And so I'd love to chat with you more about what that is and what people can expect and all of the things. But I think what would be really like a good place to start is just if you could explain what homeopathy is to people and myself. Yeah, do you know what? And I, I love your story because I used to be a skeptic as well. And I similarly, I think so. it's such a similar story. People kind of use homeopathy as a last resort. They don't really know what it is. They've exhausted all other avenues. And then you get this sort of well response quite often and people start delving. And then you become, when you look into what it actually is, it turns your world upside down because yeah. it's 
it's energy medicine. There is nothing material in those remedies. Mm-hmm. So the remedies, although they often come in little balls, um, they're just a carrier for the energy of that original substance. So it was founded over 200 years ago by Hahnemann. And he came across this principle of like cures like, which many of us have heard of. But basically, he was a he was a medical doctor. He was disillusioned, and he um, was reading. He was translating, and he was reading about in some medical literature about a particular drug, the Peruvian bark, which was often used for um, malaria. And it said that it worked because it had astringent properties. And he thought, well, if that's the case, why don't all drugs that have astringent properties cure malaria? So being a curious kind of guy, he took um, he actually took a bit of Peruvian bark when he was healthy and he got the symptoms of malaria. And this is where he came up with this concept of like you is like. He thought, well, actually, I'm healthy and I get the symptoms of malaria when I take Peruvian bark. But if someone has those symptoms, it heals them. But obviously, in its crude form, it's toxic. So he decided to start kind of messing around and diluting it. Now, we know if we keep diluting substances, they don't do anything. They they become nothing. But he had this process where he'd succuss the remedy. That basically means shaking it. So he'd take one part of the substance, dilute it to 99 parts liquid, and he'd shake it. And that shaking kind of releases the energy, which I know sounds a bit far-fetched, but when you look at the science and water having memory and all this emerging science that's coming out um, and structured water, you start to realise actually why this may do something. And he Mm -hmm. kept diluting it down. Um, So one part to 99 is one C, one the centesimal scale, and he'd keep doing that. Now, once it's gone past 12 C, where it's gone through that process 12 times, it has no material substance left. It just mm-hmm. contains the energy. And most homeopathy remedies that you buy in a regular kit will be either 30 C or 200 C. So they have been diluted to the point there is absolutely no material dose left. Um, And what we do is we're always treating the individual with homeopathy. So we are looking to match the individual symptoms to the energetic nature of that remedy. So each remedy has a has a profile. It covers different symptoms. And we're always treating the individual with that like you as like. So we're trying to match the remedy that best matches the individual symptoms. So it's really individualized and it's completely energetic. And I say completely once it's gone above 12C, because you can get some remedies that work on a more material level. But for most people, it's energetic because they get it in the 30C. And um, it's completely unlike allopathic medicine because we're always treating the individual, not the label or diagnosis. And it's working on energy rather than chemical substances. So that's it in a nutshell. I mean, there's so much to it, but in like a, a, a three minute nutshell, that's kind of, yeah, homeopathy explained. Yeah. No, that is a great explanation. Um, and thank you for that. It's really hard to find information about it online, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you Google homeopathy, you're just going to get like a whole page or 10 pages of like quackery, right? This is quackery. (laughs) It doesn't work. It's bullshit. Da, 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 da. Like there's so much controversy and 
pushback against homeopathy, which is kind of interesting, um, especially because the people that I know that have had results with it, it's like, it's kind of miraculous. Mm. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of different reasons for that, which we will dive into because, you know, I have my suspicions, of course, but um. Yeah, it's interesting. And the way that I've explained it so far. So <laughs> I recently had my mom um, have an appointment with the practitioner that I'm currently working with because she's at the end of her robe too with allopathic medicine. She is a nurse and so she works in, in the system. Um, but she's been sick for 17 years with all kinds of symptoms and it's been blamed on menopause and all these things, put on antidepressants and like she's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And um, I was like, okay, well, you know, I was like, I know you don't believe in this, but like, just it, what, what, what other choice do you have? Right. Like I've seen this guy really, really help people. I'm going through this process now too. just do it. Right. And so she gets her testing done and comes back with things that I, I knew were an issue for her. I was like, I told her, I was like, mom, you have parasites and you have bacteria. And that's exactly what he found. Um, but what I was trying to explain, you know, what the remedies were, I was like, I don't know. It's kind of like ghosts in water that heal you. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, this is crazy, Crystal. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, just do it. Just do it. Like, just trust me. Just do it. <laughs> and now that she has like this diagnosis that is obviously like very, very accurate to the symptoms that she's having and she's starting on the process you can see like things are changing for her and she's mm. like oh man okay I think there's really something to this so it's a cool process and I think a lot more people are going to start gravitating towards things like this because we're just not getting results with allopathic treatment yeah that's I mean that's the story that we hear sadly you know so frequently with so much chronic disease out there and allopathic medicines pretty much suppresses symptoms for chronic issues. Yeah. It doesn't actually get to the root cause. Um, it suppresses symptoms. It often drives symptoms deeper. So things often don't get resolved. It was where homeopathy, all it is actually doing is stimulating self-healing. It never suppresses. It's kind of like shining a light almost on the issue so that the body, the vital force we call it in homeopathy, but whatever you want to call it, chi or prana or just you know our soul, any, however you want to call it, it shines a light to say, hey, this is what you need to fix. And then the body almost, it just gives insight to what actually needs to be resolved. And it just triggers self-healing. And that's what is completely the opposite. Almost everything you've learned on allopathic medicine, it's the opposite with homeopathy, even to dosing, you know, we give the minimum dose, we just want a one dose, ideally to trigger that self healing and to do less is more. Um, and it complete. I think that's why when you get results, when you actually see hang on this little sugar pill did something. And when I go on Google, it says it's quackery. And it's pseudoscience. And you're like, this isn't pseudoscience, because that's my experience, too. I, you know, I had a similar experience to you. Um, you start delving into it and it almost flips what we know about the world. It confirms we don't live in a material world. And I think it's it's a very deep area where you start delving into and realizing that things are completely different from what we've been told. 
Absolutely. And I think it's really merging what we're starting to discover more where we're bridging science with spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned water. You're, you're probably familiar with Veda Austin's. Yeah, I love her stuff. It's amazing. Isn't amazing. it cool? Yeah, yeah, she's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks. And so I'm really excited to chat with her. Um, so anybody listening, what was that documentary about water? It's essentially sums up the work that she's doing, but there, I can't remember it There's- now. There's a few, well, I, I, I follow Vader's work. I, I love what she does. There's a few documentaries about the water. So her work is based on a lot of um, Dr. Masaru Emoto's work. Yes. Yeah. And then there's also um, Dr. Luke Montania. I hope I pronounced his name right. He um, passed away, I think, last year, but he was a Nobel Prize winner. He discovered the HIV virus. And he's there's a YouTube documentary I'll try and send you the link if you want, but it's where yeah. they actually imprint the HIV virus into water and they send it via computer to imprint in another lab somewhere else. And it's it's amazing because it's about 50 minutes long, but it really shows how water ha- like yeah. can carry the memory of substances. Yeah, It's really fascinating, all of this <gasps> area. This is so cool. I've, oh man, I listened to this documentary the other day too. Um, this guy, he's like, he, I don't know, he, he's a computer genius and he's taking substances using a laser of some sort to gather the information about what it is. And then he's imprinting it into like crystals or gels that you can oh, put nice. onto your skin that have like stem cells and stuff in it. And like, these people like that that he's using it on are like having these miraculous healing results and I'm like what is happening like we are just at such a cool precipice right now when it comes to healthcare and I think all of us are just like wow wow like it's just it's it's such a huge paradigm shift but it's so exciting it's like magic's real <laughs> It is. And do you know what that is? Uh, oh, do you know what? That is exactly what, as a homeopath, and my friends that are homeop- homeopaths, we know it works and we see it working day in, day out, but we're still always amazed by it because of that. It's magic. It's like we yeah. literally feel like we're witches because it's like this stuff is crazy what it does. And we can look in our books to see what remedy is going to work for that individual. And it still never ceases to amaze me. The results you can get, like from day to day acute to, you know, I had um, one of my most significant cases was a girl, nine years old, non-verbal autistic child that started speaking after taking a remedy, but that wow. remedy was made on my machine. So it didn't, you know, it was even more like next level. And I'm just like, how this stuff works, you know, it's still a mystery in some ways where it's emerging the science behind it but I just find it absolutely amazing it really is it is it's very cool okay so you mentioned this machine for making remedies so essentially like I'm taking tinctures right now Uh, like one was in alcohol another one seems to be some sort of saline solution I have this amazing little Helios homeopathy kit that I was inspired to purchase when uh, because I've been following you haven't broken into this thing yet 
but I actually woke up with some symptoms. I think I ate some gluten earlier in the week and I have a little bit of inflammation. So I want to ask you about that and see which one of these I should try taking today. Um, but these are essentially just little sugar pills, right? So there's lots of different ways to do it. Is there mm-hmm. any, like what, what's the difference between, you know, having it in a solution versus like a sugar pill? That's a really good question. So basically the way remedies are made, um, so I kind of, in the beginning, I very briefly whizzed over it. So you, every remedy will originally be made by getting the original substance. So homeopathy remedies can be made out of everything. And we have like over 8,000 now. So some of them are made out of plants. Some of them are made out of body tissues, some animals, minerals, diseases, toxins, anything almost. But you get the original substance and you dilute that to 99 parts of water, succuss it, which is shake it. And then you take one drop of that already diluted part and dilute it again. So you keep going through that process. So you can get them in liquids where they have just gone through that process. If it's a 30C, it's just diluted to that. If you have it in the pills, the pills are literally just a carrier. So the dilution will just be put onto the pills so they literally they are still made out of water initially but they're they are a vessel just to carry that they're easier to administer in some ways um, and just carry around so you know I used to think when I first started out with homeopathy that the pills had something ground up you know into them like yeah. you know thinking allopathically like they had but it's not they're just that the sugar pills are just a vessel to carry that um that original substance so that's broadly they can come in liquid or they can come in in sugar pills um, gotcha. that's yeah that, that they're still the same they still carry just the energy of the substance okay well and i would imagine that these little sugar pills like these these are easy to carry around mm. so for folks who are watching this on youtube i'm just going to open this little guy but like, this is so cool. I love it. It's like got 18 little glass vials with little round sugar pills in them. And everything is labeled beautifully. The names of these things, though, trip me out, right? We've got like, a, I don't even have, I don't even know how to pronounce some of these, right? Like I know Belladonna and whatever, but like, and Calendula just because of herbalism. Yeah. But like Nux Vomica. That just that sounds like throwing up. Is that for throwing up? <laughs> That's no. Do you know what it is? It, it's um, okay. it's one of the see noxomica. It's made from. I'm just trying to think now what um pl- tree tree a particular type of tree nut is made from. But it is um one of our top digestive remedies. It's great for hangovers. So it's the number one for hangovers. Oh. So it's funny you said that. Sounds like it's for throwing up. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, okay. And this one here, like arsenicum album yep this so sounds made, like is there arsenic in it is that what that is it's, it's made from arsenic so okay. remember so people can get a bit freaked out when they first start looking into homeopathy because yeah. i remember my friend um at work when i was still working my old job i just got into homeopathy i had my kit he had like food poisoning and i said take some arsenicum and he goes no way like it's made up of arsenic and i was like no it's just homeopathy it's the energy of it so uh, you know there are but yes it is made out of arsenicum mm-hmm. originally but remember it's been diluted to the point there's no material dose left totally yeah yeah well and so part of the healing process that i'm going through right now is healing um 
a lot of strep bacteria that was mm-hmm. driven into my body, probably from a lot of antibiotic use. So it was interesting when this was diagnosed because that, w- that was one of my complaints. I talk about like my healing journey all the time and how I started out as a young child with constant throat infections. So I always had tonsillitis. I always had strep over and over and over. I probably had it 10 times a year. And every time I was given antibiotics, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all we knew at the time. And it worked. I would like, you know, like I was in so much pain and I would be given this pill and then the pain would go away, right? So mm-hmm. I begged to go to the doctor to just get the freaking antibiotics because I was a little kid and that's that, that mm-hmm. that's all I knew. So I was kind of surprised when my practitioner does, you know, his testing and he's like, Chrissy, you are filled with strep, like just layers and layers and layers. And I'm like, how, how, like, how, like, how does it get there? And so I'm assuming this is from this suppressing of symptoms that mm. you mentioned. So, yeah. It's yeah, interesting. Well, you, it's interesting. You said that actually as well, because strep is such a huge issue. I see it so much, you know, with pandas. Yeah. I don't know if you've come across pandas, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with strep. It's a ty- type of um, oh. autoimmune encephalitis that is really um, massive in children now, the rates that are growing. And oh. strep we see, like my, my daughter actually had a huge amount of strep for similar reasons that we suppressed a lot of her health issues. She had ear infections and throat infections and we'd give antibiotics and then we'd suppress everything to the point that then she wouldn't be able to produce strong fevers. And obviously her health just declined. She ended up getting an autoimmune condition. And that's when we saw, went to see eventually a homeopath and we had great results of homeopathy. Um, But it is, with it's so common that we see this where symptoms are suppressed you know Mm -hmm. antibiotics have their place in certain situations you know Mm -hmm. life-threatening situations but for things like ear infections throat infections they can be so easily dealt with with Mm -hmm. um, homeopathy but people don't know about it so what do we do we take that antibiotics we take Tylenol or Calpol we suppress the fever the body can't can't complete its cycle that it needs to do it's it's got a chronic it's got an acute inflammatory cycle that it wants to try and complete instead we suppress it that's then stored as chronic inflammation and the cycle deepens then we go on quite often we'll see people then go on to get asthma or eczema which is then suppressed with steroids then we get autoimmune conditions it's like just this textbook story almost of what happens um but strep is a it's a huge thing um right now it's and you know you can treat it in in the acute stages you can treat it so effectively with homeopathy which is why for me where my work's gone now is more trying to educate people to get homeopathy in the home so that we don't even need homeopaths ultimately you know we can actually get to the point hopefully where everyone's got a homeopathy kit and when they get ear infections or throat infections you know the number one remedy for throat infections is belladonna obviously there are others because it's always treating the individual but that's one of the most commonly indicated remedies and it works like magic you know since I've used it for my children I see how all those antibiotics I gave my oldest daughter she didn't need them I could have treated Mm. it with something else so 
yeah, everyone needs to get learn how to use homeopathy, get a kit so you don't suppress those symptoms, because that's why we've got this chronic health epidemic right now, where people, we've got so much autoimmune um, conditions. There's this um, great quote, actually, I think it's by Wilson and Duff. It says, autoimmunity is the price we pay for the eradication of infectious diseases. And I think that is so true. Whoa. Okay, that is, yep. <laughs> oh, okay. I just, I, I, I feel that in my bones because literally everyone that I know is suffering with something, right? And it's being diagnosed as autoimmune or PCOS, you know, all of these, it's either hormone issues, it's mostly hormone issues is what I'm seeing. Um, but weird mystery illnesses, right? And you've got your fibromyalgias and you've got, you know, your adrenal issues and all of these things. And I think we're just starting to wake up to this. And it makes so much sense because we were all treated the same way as kids, right? It's like, there's almost like this propaganda out there that like at the first sign of any sort of symptoms or fevers or whatever. And I still see this, like, um, you know, I have a family member with a young child and like I see Tylenol on the counter all the time, right? Tylenol is given for every little thing, every little toothache, complaint, whatever it is, because that's all we know here, right? In the West, it's like that, yeah, that's <laughs> that. That's all we're taught, and it's interesting because that's not the case in a lot of other countries. When I was in Germany, for example, like you go into a pharmacy there, everything's natural. Like you can't get pharmaceutical stuff, which I thought was kind of strange at the time. Now I think it's really amazing. Um, where, like, are, are there places in the world where homeopathy is more widely used? Yeah, still not as much. It's interesting because when I read, I'm obviously based in England, you know, and when I read certain books on homeopathy, particularly ones written by US authors, they're like, oh, homeopathy is really widely used in Europe and the royal family have a homeopath. And, right. and it's not as widely used as you think it is. So, okay. yes, the, the royal family in the UK, their primary physicians are homeopaths but they like to not really widely publicize that too much. Right. Um, so in France, to my knowledge, is France is one of the places where homeopathy is probably the most widely used. You will go into a pharmacy in France and they have homeopathy there alongside their standard allopathic medications and the pharmacist will generally offer you a homeo homeopathic remedy. But there's um, not... Many places are in, in Europe, you know, places like Spain, it's not really widely available at all. In, in England, you can only really get remedies from homeopathic pharmacies. Some health food shops sell a few remedies. But I think even though we use it more widely in the UK than, say, in America, um, I feel like there are perhaps more remedies available in health food shops from what mm -hmm. I've seen and what I've been told. So it's not as widely used as you'd, people do use it, people know about it, but I still think it's not as mainstream. You know, it's definitely not mainstream yeah. yet. Yeah. But I think it is, def COVID has seemed to have 
woken people up, you know, the amount of interest in alternative uh, I hate the word alternative because it's original, but the yes. amount of um, interest now is yeah. definitely growing. But I, de- I think France is probably the most widely available. Intr- well, what about India? I thought I was. Quite oh, well, yes, yes, actually. Sorry, of course. I was thinking more um, in the West, but India, no. yes, it's um, used. They have a ministry of homeopathy that's, and it's very well integrated in India. So if you were to um, go and see a doctor, generally they, they will use homeopathy as well. And it's a very different, I mean, it's phenomenal the way they prescribe. Uh, so a lot of the top UK homeopaths will have done training in India because they literally see almost hundreds of patients in a day it's a very different way of treating so they're very quick you know they get to the remedy really quickly and in the UK we like to um take you know the case over an hour or an hour and a half and do this really lovely long process um so it's very different but yes India amazing of course um I think I'm just trying to think where else in the east I think it is really mainly India but it is something um where yeah they use it massively and actually I don't know if you've heard um, just one other place where it was. I don't think it is widely used at the moment, but a few years ago in Cuba, have you heard of um, the leptospirosis study? Uh, No. Okay. So I'll share this. So basically um, I have to find out what date it was written. It was, I think it was early in the early 2000s, but um, every year in Cuba they have a normally a leptospirosis outbreak which is a type of um, disease which is spread in rainy season in water and they normally vaccinate for it but this one particular year I think they couldn't get the vaccinations there was embargoes and things so you know that's different um, pharmaceutical industry out there they couldn't make or manufacture whatever the vaccinations so they decided to do a mass homeopathic vaccination which we call homeoprophylaxis so mm. they gave a homeopathic remedy preventatively to millions of i think it was over two million people in cuba received this homeopathic vaccination and the results were phenomenal they actually mm. were better than the normal vaccination and the rates of leptospirosis were hugely like they there it was phenomenal the success rate and you'd think wow you know the world needs to hear about this study mm-hmm. but the doctor that did it normally you know he's a he was a regular doctor he wasn't a homeopath but this they just used it because they couldn't get this vaccine this particular year and he couldn't get his study published anywhere other than the homeopathic journal so if you look on PubMed you will see it published um, in the homeopathic journal all his other other studies published in really prestigious medical journals but this study no um he couldn't get it published so of course it's it's almost like they don't want us to know about this pretty much highly effective form of with no side effects completely non-toxic yeah okay well I mean it sounds exactly like what was happening during the pandemic when there were so many doctors that were successfully treating with things like ivermectin and stuff and I mean we won't even go into the homeopathy because that probably would have been amazing (laughs) too but we were seeing all of these miraculous results that were being hidden swept under the rug totally discredited people slandered it is wild and so now what I'm hearing 
is that in the U.S., and I think they're doing it in Canada too, which I wouldn't be surprised because our government is also trying to completely destroy um, just the natural health product industry here, which mm-hmm. is horrifying on so many levels. But what what is going on exactly? Like the FDA is trying to ban homeopathy like completely in the U.S.? Yeah, not com- – so I, um, I spoke about this on a recent podcast actually, the FDA – regulations so i need to try and remind myself of exactly what they said i don't have the document in front of me but basically they're trying to say that they are being illegally marketed and that all homeopathy um is now unapproved so before they used to recognize homeopathy as what it was a separate class of medicines that couldn't go through formal fda approval because that's designed for material substances and homeopathy is energetic and you can't put it through the same trials it's individualized you know of course it's non-toxic because there's nothing in it so it was always acknowledged that it was a separate form of medication. And now they've kind of removed that and they've now stated, the FDA have stated that no homeopathic drugs are now approved. They're all unapproved. And as such, they're being illegally marketed and that they can at any time basically withdraw certain products if they want to. So, you know, I don't think it's as bad as what we think because, I think there was a lot of fear mongering about this document. Obviously, it's not good. You know, they, they want to, they obviously, you know, do they really want us having non-toxic, safe drugs that can't be patented, that we can pretty much make ourselves at home if push came to shove? Um, but I think what the FDA have said is that they're going to target ones that are of interest. So I think the remedies like perhaps arsenicum or belladonna, which is made from deadly nightshade, or the ones that perhaps are made from toxic source materials, they might try and target those um, first. So if you want to get stock up on remedies, they'd be the ones that you'd want to start trying to get at home because they might not be as readily available. Interesting. It's kind of funny that this is happening too, right after what's gone down with the pandemic and people starting to wake up and wanting these things more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What a coincidence. So many coincidences. Yeah, exactly. And actually, funnily enough, talking about the pandemic and India, what they were doing there is um, the Indian homeopaths, the Ministry of Homeopathy, actually, they get together and they look at what homeopathy remedy um, most matches the symptoms of a pandemic. So arsenicum was the remedy that they actually used prophylactically for COVID. When symptoms changed, they did change the remedy later. So gelsenium and bryonia were two big ones that matched COVID symptoms. But to begin with, arsenicum, and if you look at the energy of arsenicum, I think it's amazing. It's fear of death. Fear of germs. It can be quite OCD-like and fastidiousness with this hand washing. It's one of our top remedies for flu and diarrhea and vomiting. And it can be chill, chilly, um, nausea, restlessness, weakness. So it really sums up to me the energy of COVID as a as a as a whole. And that was, funnily enough, the remedy that um, matched most most of the the symptoms and was used in some cases prophylactically. Interesting. So used to prevent infection. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, 
I'm just trying to think about where I want to go next because I have a lot of questions, but I kind of <laughs> want it to flow a little bit. Um, oh, one thing that I wanted to mention. So we were talking about like cures like, and then I had mentioned the um, strep that was discovered mm-hmm. in my system. Um, that when I looked into the remedy, so <laughs> the way my practitioner prescribes, he's just like, here's a tincture. It has like a few different things in it and it says the names on it, but like, he doesn't really explain it to me. He's, and, and I want to know, right? Like that's just the type of person that I am. So I'm trying to look it up and whatever. And one of them, like two of them had the word strep on them. So I was like, okay, so I'm assuming there's strep in here. Okay. That makes sense. I think we're working on this part this month. Cause there was a few different systems that we wanted to, to work on. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's fascinating. And I think kind of weird maybe for people initially to think like, okay, so I'm going to take strep to cure the strep that's in mm-hmm. my body. And also like that amazing quote that, that, that you said earlier too. Um, yeah, it's like this whole paradigm shift that we need to go through where I think the new understanding is now that what we need to realize is these like all of the suppression that we've done with the way that we have treated ourselves for illness in the past 50, 60 years, whatever it is, is exactly what is creating all of these mystery illnesses. Like for me, my, my symptoms, um, for the past little while have been, you know, um, swelling in my legs because of kidney stuff and, um, hyperaldosteronism. So my adrenals were producing way too much aldosterone, which created kidney issues, which created high blood pressure and da da da. And like, these are really weird friggin' things Mm -hmm. for someone in their twenties and thirties to, to have like that. And I've always been like, well, what is the root cause? Like there has like, my body just doesn't like a body just doesn't break like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these, you know, Western medicine diagnoses of, oh, well, you know, it just runs in your family or these excuses of like, well, you're just broken and that's the way it is. That's what I've been told for years for multiple different things that just doesn't cut it. And to me, that Mm -hmm. was never enough. And so to be able to actually go through testing and find these root causes, like, oh yeah, no, you actually have like a ton of strep in your body and you do have a parasite and you do have some like weird gut stuff going on was just such relief. And then now using energy medicine to treat it, like it's just, it's such a huge paradigm shift, but it's just, it's so so important to get this information out to people. It's yeah, it's time. It, it is, and strep is an amazing remedy in its own right. So, what you're, you you can use strep as a as a homeopathic remedy to to um, kind of clear that toxin or that bacteria that's in you. But it's also a massive remedy in its own right. It has an energetic profile behind it even something like strep so the homeopaths they do this um thing which is called approving which is where we take the remedy when we're healthy to see what symptoms it produces remember when i said hanuman mm-hmm. took peruvian bark to see what yeah. symptoms he would get so this is how homeopaths find out sort of the the bigger picture of these what is the energetic nature of these remedies and strep I tell you now that is one of the remedies we are going to be using so so much going forward not just for people that have strep or have been tested but just where the energy profile um 
fits. And I did do a post actually recently on Instagram just about strep, the streptococcinum, mm. which is the remedy because it has such a big profile, but it often has, um, it's really good for people with chronic OCD as well. And uh, where there's been a history of tonsillitis and it's gone deeper or lots of suppression, mm-hmm. um, it has things where they feel better for motion or it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a major remedy, I think. It's a really, really brilliant remedy we're going to be seeing lots of so it'd be interesting to see how how you do on that oh god i'm so excited i'm so excited <laughs> uh well let's chat quickly about herc's reactions mm, yeah okay because this is definitely what i've been experiencing so every time i start a new remedy for the first two weeks i'm like on my ass um i think the first month it was interesting like i was i was just feeling the first month i think we were kind of opening up systems right and just trying to like chill out my organs that were all very inflamed and so i would like literally just like feel i could feel my thyroid or i would get um you know enlarged glands in my armpits that were like quite painful um, you know, with the second remedy, it must've been working on my kidneys or something like my lower back would just kill, like it hurts so bad. A lot of my inflammation symptoms got really bad. I would be exhausted. So like, I've just, I've been feeling like shit for the past few months going through this healing process, mm. but you know, I was told like, this is normal. Mm. Um, so yeah, let's maybe talk about that a little bit and what people can expect and why that happens. Yeah, definitely. So it doesn't happen always. So, you know, it depends what toxic load you've got, how much suppression there's been. So some people take a remedy, uh, uh, they go and see a homeopath, they get a well much remedy and they just get better. Mm. But sometimes stuff has to come out as well. And this was sort of documented. It's called Herring's Law of Cure. So Herring was a homeopath, a very, very like well-known homeopath. He was the father of US homeopathy and he was a medical doctor, an allopath. And he was sent to write a hit piece on homeopathy, but homeopathy actually saved his finger from being amputated. Um, it was arsenicum that he took actually for that as well. Oh and he gosh. became completely like bought into it. He was, he fell in love with homeopathy <laughs> and he became one of the best homeopaths there is. And he documented this thing called the law of cure. And so he saw that when real healing takes place, there are a few things that can happen. So one of the first thing of this law is from inside out. So anything that's been suppressed will often come out. So any discharges, they can be mucus or vomiting, any elimination. They can be words as well. You know, sometimes if we've suppressed emotions, when we take a remedy, we want to get that out. So stuff can come out and even dreams, the amount of people that when they start taking remedies, they get more vivid dreams or they start dreaming again. And that's again, an emotional kind of detox. So stuff comes out and that can be really hard to deal with when you're used to allopathic medicine, because we've been trained and programmed. We see a symptom. What do we do? We suppress it. Yeah. And then we take homeopathy and it's like stuff starts coming out and we want to kind of stop it. That's normally the reaction of like, we've just got to stop it because that's what we're programmed. So stuff coming out is really good and it can be really difficult. I've been there, like when I've had homeopathy, 
had eczema that's flared up hugely. You know, my daughters have rashes and eliminations and you just want to stop it, but you have to kind of just let it out. It's a good thing. And it's when you realize that and it's temporary mm-hmm. and you feel better after. Um, the other law of cure is reverse order or return of old symptoms. So things that have been incompletely cured in the past or things that have been suppressed might come back again. So let's take an example. Say someone had a history of loads of ear or throat infections and they were suppressed with antibiotics. When they start to heal with home, so uh, sorry, and then say they went on to get asthma and they used inhalers and steroids for their asthma. When they first start being treated with homeopathy, they might find that their asthma gets better initially because that was the most recent thing. But they may then find that their eczema or, um, sorry, ear infections, or they might get some sore throats, that returns temporarily. It, again, it's the um, reverse order. So it, that can happen. Or we might get a return of old symptoms as well, which is related. So when you start to heal, things might return. You might get sore throats again. It's almost like your body's reliving what it didn't quite, fully have chance to clear last time because it was suppressed Mm. and it's temporary and again you feel better afterwards and it's always temporary so I found that when I was having homeopathy I'd had eczema in the past my eczema got a lot lot worse before it got better Um, and then the other what have we done so we've done uh, inside out we've done reverse order um oh the most important organs the least important organs that's the other law so if say you have a lot of anxiety or depression or mental health issues you will find that when you start using take, seeing a homeopath this is like for deep constitutional chronic treatment so you work with a homeopath you'll find that the body knows how to prioritize it will always prioritize the most important organs first so mm-hmm. you might find that you start to feel better emotionally or you get some more energy or you feel happier you feel more your depression goes but you might find you get more physical symptoms so or not even more, but you might find that the physical symptoms you actually went to see the homeopath about, so you, maybe you went because you've got digestive issues, actually they're the last to go because the body's saying, do you know what, I can kind of deal with those digestive issues. I want to feel better mentally and emotionally and spiritually before I deal with those um, IBS issues or whatever you've gone about. So that um, is another important thing that can happen and then finally from top to bottom so things will general or, or to extremities so we'll often feel better in the middle and things will go to our hands or feet or if we've got rashes they'll work our way down our body um so it's again these are things that you just wouldn't notice if you were just thinking allopathically but when you start to really pay attention and listen to your body symptoms you'll start Mm -hmm. to realize that this healing takes place so herx which we often call um sort of herx reactions they can kind of be they could be a return of old symptoms or they could be an elimination of from within to without um, so f- with homeopathy, we kind of look even more, at more detail. What's going on? Is it a return of old symptoms, this uh, unpleasant reaction, or actually is it just elimination? But it's all showing that healing's taking place at a really deep level. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you for that because, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm feeling a little bit of frustration on this journey because I'm about three or four months in and I know that it doesn't happen overnight. But I'm just like, ah, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I, I'm, I'm getting these flare ups, but I'm not, I'm not cured yet for sure. But I feel, I feel like things are shifting. Um, but it's a slow process with allopathic. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you can get rid of your symptoms right away and that's what we're used to. And that's kind of what we expect. So for me, I'm just, I'm learning to be <laughs> patient during this process. Um, but I have had such dramatic things happen that I'm like, I know something is happening. Mm-hmm. So for example, when I was getting a lot of that back pain, and I think this is important for people to understand too, is like a lot of times with our, um, you know, physical symptoms and things, there's also emotional stuff underlying that as well. Completely. I wake up one morning and I'm like, my back's just killing me and I'm exhausted. And, you know, I know something's being kicked up with the remedies, but I'm like, okay, I can't deal with this today. I need to go do something. So um, oftentimes when I'm feeling really gnarly, I like to reach for Kundalini um, yoga just to kind of like start moving some stuff around. So I was like, okay, I went on YouTube and I look for some stuff to like help clear out kidneys because that's what I assumed it was. So I go to sit down and I'm starting to do these movements. So I'm just kind of moving back and forth and I'm pushing my thumbs into my kidneys. And I did it maybe like two times and I just started sobbing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Some stuff needed to come out there. And And just allowing that, right? Like just letting those emotions to come out. And then I have a girlfriend who is on this process with me as well. She has been suffering with a ton of chronic things. And so she's been seeing the same um, healthcare provider. He found a ton of parasites in her. And so she's getting really crazy, um, you know, detox symptoms. She woke up, what was it last week or the week before, just covered in hives, just totally covered Mm -hmm. in hives. And she's like, oh my God, like, I feel so awful. I don't know what to do. I'm going to, you know, take some antihistamines. And I thought, okay, no, because I've been hearing about like the suppression thing. I was like, maybe don't like, just give it a little bit. Don't suppress it. Just let it do its thing. So she did that. And in a few hours she was feeling much better. And she was like, oh, thank you so much for suggesting that. You know, because that's our first reaction. It's like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable and I need to make that feeling go away. And we're so, Mm -hmm. our, our Western culture is so much, programmed towards can't feel pain, mm-hmm. can't deal with suffering, can't, um, yeah, just, just hide all those things. Anything that's uncomfortable, like we don't want to deal with anything that's uncomfortable, but the healing process is that it's facing those things, right? Whether it be emotional or like dredging up all of this old stuff, that is how we heal. It's not it's not, it's not often a walk in the park, unfortunately. It's really not. And I do say that quite a lot on my Instagram. I share posts about, you know, to really heal, we have to feel. And actually to the allopath, true healing can look quite brutal. I think sometimes stuff has to come out, you know, and it's not, it's not pleasant at the time, but God, it's worth it. You know, how you feel after mm-hmm. the the true, true healing and the emotional connection. It's nearly, in my view, 
most disease is nearly always has an emotional root behind it. And I think it ties in a lot of um, homeopathy with German new medicine, which talks about the conflict creating symptoms. And I think with homeopathy, we recognise that with remedies they've got, we look at what could have caused that issue. And quite a lot of these homeopathy remedies, they have an emotion behind what may have triggered Mm -hmm. that person into that health issue. So, and that has to come out if we suppress that. We have to find ways to release that and to to address it, to get that really long-lasting healing. Totally. Well, okay. Let's talk about then about how people can start treating themselves at home, how how to get into homeopathy, what some of these remedies do. Um, And also, I've heard that the remedies can be used for like your pets plants, babies, children, all these things. So like, how do we get started? How do we diagnose, right? Like, cause I imagine like the diagnosis that I, um, was like the process that I went through was through like using a bioresonance machine, right? Like, I don't think at home we're able to really, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything that we can do to diagnose ourselves to that degree at home, but yeah, what would be the process to get started? Okay, great question. So there's a few different things I just want to pick up on before I talk about how to start at home. So for real chronic health issues where you've had them for a long time, you should always work with a homeopath because there are thousands of remedies that you to choose from. And it takes a lot of skill to know the remedies and to take the case to really like when you see a homeopath, it will t- be generally one and a half hours for the initial appointment, full case history taken, and yeah. then a lot of analysis afterwards to try and find a remedy to match that. And we can often think, oh, I feel like that remedy might help. But actually, if we get there's so many layers, you know, if we think we've got the right match remedy, but it's actually a deeper layer, we could get some really uncomfortable aggravations. And we just want to make the process as comfortable as possible and there are loads of places where you can get really low cost homeopathy um you know colleges do low cost clinics so it there is a way to actually find homeopathy you know if you i know it's money can be difficult for a lot of people so if you can't afford to work for a homeopath there are ways if you get in touch with homeopathy colleges so i just want to say that that's the first thing for chronic mm-hmm. don't try and self-treat for acute issues, short-term issues. And if we treat those, we can avoid ever getting these chronic issues in the first place because Mm -hmm. most health issues are a shock, a trauma, an accident, or something that's been suppressed that then's developed into a chronic health issue. So this is why we want to get using homeopathy before we have these chronic issues. So for acute self-limiting, the first thing I would say is just go and buy some basic remedies or a kit if you can. You know, these remedies, mm-hmm. they're pounds and dollars. You know, you can get them for less than or in pounds, like what the exchange rate is, about five pounds. You know, there's, there's re- they're really cheap. So you can just start buying a few. Um, and I talk about, you know, it's just which are the top remedies to start with. The homeopathy kits you can get if you can afford one. They're amazing. So do, just get it in the home. 
There's a lot of free information out there where you can start learning how to use it. Follow some of the Instagram accounts. People are sharing free advice. You can get books that cost, you know, 10, 15 pounds, which give you everything like to get started. Um, there are courses, but you don't need to do that. I run a course which teaches everything that you sort of need to know to get going but you don't need to do that you can just start by getting a few remedies and, and a book and then what you you don't need the beauty of homeopathy even for chronic health issues and some homeopaths um will use other methods as well like bioresonance which it sounds like what you're doing but yeah. classical homeopaths they don't care about the label or the diagnosis and they won't do any tests they will literally prescribe a remedy based on you and your symptoms yeah so when we're doing acutely it's similar we don't it doesn't matter what the the name of the ailments are we are literally trying to find a remedy to match our symptoms now this is where there's a little bit of skill involved and where we have to practice and ideally if we can go on youtube and follow homeopaths or buy a book it teaches us how to do this but we want to look when we have a health issue say we've got a sore throat we want to know what are those top three or five really unusual unique specific symptoms to you so what mood are you in when you've got that sore throat has your mood changed is it on the left side or the right side what kind of pain is it is it stinging is it throbbing does it feel better for liquids or worse for liquids do i want hot drinks do i want cold drinks do i feel better in a dark room actually do i want some sympathy or am i no just leave me the hell alone we want to look at exactly how that person is when they're in that state and then we want to just try and find the remedy that matches those symptoms so this is where people can sometimes say oh well I tried homeopathy and it didn't work but that's because maybe you've got the wrong remedy and sometimes we need to just try more than one remedy maybe we haven't got the most well matched remedy because there could always be at least five to 10 different remedies. And it's just practice. So the more you use it, the more you'll get familiar with. And you'll start to know when I get ill, I tend to go into a pulsatilla-like state. When my youngest daughter gets ill, she's more belladonna. My other daughter's this. You know, we kind of have these states we go into, but it's only by practice. And, you'll own, and you can't do any harm by taking the remedies because it's energy. In an acute situation, if it's not the right remedy, it just doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. If it's the right remedy, it stimulates self-healing. So it's um it's just practicing. That's um that's all I can say is just keep on. I've just pulled my light out here. Sorry, I'm gonna just shove that back in. Um it's just practicing and to keep to keep trying. Um so you can't do any harm with homeopathy. And ideally, you want one remedy at a time, because I think these remedies are a bit like their energy. Imagine them to be like music or songs. Your body wants to be able to hear what you're putting in. If you take lots of remedies at the same time, your body can't always hear them. Now, you can get some pre-made mixes um, where, you know, it's like a mix with these rem like ABC I talk about a lot, which is a mixture of aconite, belladonna and chamomilla. It work they work really well together. So they almost act in harmony. So they almost like create a new song. But generally, you want to try one remedy at a time unless it's a, a pre-made mix by a homeopathic pharmacy. And you can use it on babies. 
You can use it on newborns. You can use it during pregnancy. Yes, you can even, I give it to my plants when they're looking a bit dead. I'll, I'll give them some homeopathy. Pets as well. That's so cool. It's like there's literally, I mean, homeopathy, homeopathy used in agriculture is, is going to be, I tell you, the big, <gasps> the big thing. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Okay. What, what do you give your plants? Like, well, what do you give your plants? I actually, I actually gave my plants Arnica the other day, which is like the number one, yeah, for trauma and, because they all look half dead. And I was like, do you know what? I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, for anybody who's like, what's Arnica? Arnica is a beautiful um, botanical that's used for acute stuff like bruising, skin, like any sort of irritations, that sort of thing. So yeah, that, that makes sense. That's so cool. And, and for pets though, it's like, they can't talk to us. Right. So like, how do we know how to like, just kind of watching what they're doing? If they're looking lethargic. I mean, they could be vomiting, that sort of thing. Exactly. That's the other thing. Um, you know, you, cause you might think, well, how do I treat, you know, a child that's nonverbal or a baby or a pet? Um, you're observing. So with homeopathy, we always want to look at what makes the person feel better or worse? So we can observe, you know, are they lying down? Do they look better when they are? Are they seeking out quiet? Do they want to rest? Are they trying to get out the sunlight? You no, know, we can observe these things. Um, what's their thirst like? What's their mood like? These are observ- observable things as well. If they can't describe, it hurts. Or um, So my dog had a really revolting ear infection uh, a while back. And it had just come on out of nowhere, but it was really thick and gunky. And I thought, okay, well, the usual ones like aconite and belladonna and chamomilla, which are like for early stage inflammation, probably aren't going to work because this is really gross and loads of yucky discharge. So I gave her mercury and um, heparsolf, which are two remedies really good for sort of con- uh, congested gunky second stage inflammation and it just went overnight um so it's amazing but with homeopathy in the UK we're not allowed to treat animals only vets are allowed to treat animals and they recently changed the legislation to say that vets are only allowed to use homeopathy as a second line they have to try conventional allopathic drugs first before they're allowed to prescribe homeopathy but there's no reason you can't use it at home for your pet okay interesting okay well this is amazing i highly recommend so like this little kit that i got there's 18 remedies in it i think it was like i got it off of amazon i think it was like 70 bucks or something and i mean there's tons of stuff in here like i don't know how many little pills are in each one of these vials but like there's quite a bit and i can imagine you can also make these go a little bit further too, just by like diluting them in water or something, couldn't you? Yes, you can. It definitely. Mm-hmm. So you can, and I, and again, I, I share that on my Instagram page and these little tips like this. So put, if you think you're going to be needing, say, you know, to needing to repeat the remedy, mm-hmm. say you've got a headache and you're not sure if one dose is going to be enough, you feel, or, or you've got a throat infection or whatever, you just feel like you may need to repeat more regularly. Put one dose, one pill in a bottle of water give it a shake and then one sip of that bottle is 
the equivalent to taking one pill and that bottle of water will last you a couple of days so then you've you've basically yeah stretched that remedy to last much longer wow Okay. Such a paradigm shift. I know guys, like anybody who's listening to this and is just learning about homeopathy for the first time. I know it sounds strange, but like literally this, this stuff works. And so I think it's very, very well worth looking into and just starting to practice it. And I love the idea too, of just like, you know, learning to become more in tune with your body and be more observant and listen to your intuition um, through this process as well. We, that, that's something that we've kind of been conditioned to unlearn, <laughs> right? Is like, yeah, give our health and our symptoms and all of these things over to somebody else's godlike figure who tells us what to do. And then we need to listen to them. It's like, no, we need to have some sovereignty around our health and take back control of our lives in a lot of different ways right now. Um, and I feel like we're really starting to understand this and go through this process now when it comes to, to health. And so this is a really, really great way and a great tool to get started at home. Totally. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Every single word you said. Awesome. Well, we're at time now. Thank you so much, Lisa. This was such a fascinating conversation. I needed this. I mean, the world needs this. So thank you so much for the work you're doing. Um, How can people get in touch with you and learn more about your courses and follow you on Instagram and all the things? We'll include the links, but I just wanted you to. Thank you. I think the best thing, follow me on Instagram because I've got loads of information on there, which you can um, go and have a look. There's there's tons of stuff there. There's um, a free dosing guide as well, which is the links in my bio, because I think that's quite often where people struggle the most when they get into homeopathy is like, how do I dose this? Because it's such a shift um, and less is more. And we're used to wanting instructions. So uh, grab that. And there's my website as well, but you can access everything via my um, link on Instagram. So that's probably the best place place to connect and just go from there. Yay. Okay. Well, we're going to include all of that stuff in the show notes. I'm going to include a link to this kit as well. And yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody listening, you know, got some great tips today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for spreading the word of homeopathy because yeah, the world needs it more than ever. So it's just fantastic that it's getting out there. Absolutely agreed. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for sharing your time and energy with us today. We'd love to hear your feedback on how our podcast has impacted your life and are also open to suggestions for new and interesting topics. Please leave your comments with a quick review to help us grow this magical community of wellness warriors and light workers. Every month we select one lucky reviewer to win our big magic box containing all three of our beautiful magic lattes. To connect with us further, check us out on Instagram at wild underscore remedies. Thank you again and see you at the next episode.